Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Those of you guys that are into football, you watched the, the, yesterday all the, the draft. Well, if your team got the guy that you really wanted, man, you're happy. If you didn't, you're not really happy this morning. See, it's all about circumstances. Well, being blessed isn't about circumstances. It's an internal joy that, well, it includes happy, but it really means, bottom line, I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled, I'm contented. Overall in my life, no matter what's happening, there's this great sense of well-being. Those of us who rely on circumstances to dictate our mood or happiness are quick to realize that we'll be disappointed at some point. Oftentimes we put our hope and trust into situations that we really can't control which can easily end in frustration. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addresses this common trait that each of us experiences. Continuing us in our study of the Beatitudes, Pastor Mark will teach us how we can avoid unnecessary letdowns in our daily lives. We learned that by focusing our trust and hope on the certainty of Christ, we can better maintain a positive attitude in life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 5 with his continuing study entitled, Get Ready to Be Blessed. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Linda and I just returned from a few days of vacation, and once or twice a year I try to go off just for a few days and not have any ministry, don't teach anywhere, not on a mission field, whatever. That was one of our times. We went to Buenos Aires. And... uh, because I'm such a, a loving and sensitive husband, <laughs> my wife likes horses, so we went to a gaucho ranch where we had all this barbecue and the, and the tango dancing and whatever, and then horseback riding and all these kind of things. And as I said, I'm a very sensitive husband, and I'm not really into horses, but my wife is. So, And there I am on this... Wonderful horse, having a great time. The problem with this horse was uh, he didn't speak English. (laughs) He didn't speak Spanish. It didn't matter what I said to the guy. He just kept on going his own way. And that's always, I usually get one of those. My wife gets this other one, and here I go rambling all over the place. But we had a great time. But I want you to look at something. Look toward his mouth area. You will see in his mouth a bit and a bridle. That's the way this horse is directed, with something that's very hard in his mouth. Of course, I have the reins. And that's the only way that I can get this horse sometimes to go in the right direction. Jesus is going to talk about that very thing in the Beatitudes this morning. So you won't see this picture again, but I want you to remember the bit 
in the bridle. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. As you look at Matthew 5.1, remember Jesus is in chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew is teaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's there for a number of days. In that crowd, as I already said, were seekers and skeptics, curious people. But his teaching was focused on real followers of Jesus Christ, disciples. And as he began to teach them, the premise was this. Jesus would say to his disciples, since you've repented of your old lifestyle and since you're now following me, in these teachings, this is what your new lifestyle will look like. Now, it's going to be focused on your heart. And this is what, in chapters 5 through 7, of course, there weren't chapters 5 through 7. It was just one big teaching. This is what the disciple would work at, become. Now, in these first few 12 verses or so of chapter 5, we have the first part of the Sermon on the Mount called the Beatitudes. Be attitudes. And that means it's all about attitude. It wasn't about things that were external. The external will be taken care of if our heart is right. So the Beatitudes are interesting because you would have been there and Jesus would have been sitting just like this. He probably would have been sitting down and you would have been sitting up on the mountainside. It would have been different. And I've taught there at the Mount of Beatitudes many times. Wonderful, wonderful area to teach. He would have been doing something that, well, is similar to a mirror. You know what a mirror looks like. It's a person that puts this little reflective surface in front of them. And as they look at it, well, they reflect on what they're going to see. And you see this little girl reflecting. Well, as Jesus teaches on the Beatitudes, it's like putting a spiritual mirror in front of our heart. I'll ask you to look at yourself a couple times today. You're familiar with mirrors. Can be small, can be long. You ladies have the long ones. You know, we, all of us hopefully looked into a mirror this morning before we came. Some of you ladies looked into that magnifying sucker. You know, that one that just blows it up and it got that last little whatever right there. I know that. I live with a woman, so I'm familiar with that sucker. Well, Jesus is going to put this mirror in front of us. And he's going to say... What's your attitude like? Look at it. Now, you can't go like, here, honey, look at this. No, it's for us. So we'll look at that a number of times. Now, remember that the Beatitudes are about change. The disciples were new. They didn't really understand what it meant to be like Christ because they hadn't been with Christ. So... Listening to the Beatitudes represents huge change in our life. Somebody sent me a couple newspaper, real newspaper ads that represent no change. I want you to see them. Nordic track, $300, hardly used, called chubby. <laughs> now, why in the world? That's a great ad. And can you imagine putting your name? These are real ads called chubby. No change in this person. They're selling it. Look at the next one. I like it even better. Free Yorkshire Terrier, eight years old, hateful little dog, bites. <laughs> How many want to go right out and buy one of them suckers, huh? If you have a Yorkie, they can be that way. Now, really, that ad should say, free, we'll pay you to take this little guy. Well, see, there's no change there. This dog is eight years old, still hateful, still biting. No change. Well, the Beatitudes are about 
change. You and I changing. Three keys I want you to write down starting this morning. What are the Beatitudes about? Jesus says this. Number one, you are my followers. You're not following yourself anymore. You're not following a religion. You're following me. Because of that, as you listen to my teaching, number two, you will think and be and live differently. There'll be a change. You won't be the same. You can't be. You're not like me. You'll become like me. It's a lifelong process. And then the the encouraging part of this is that during that change, number three, as a result of that, you will be blessed. Blessed. So the Sermon on the Mount tells the followers of Jesus how to live, how to change, and how to be blessed. That's what we're listening to. It's not going to be difficult this morning. Only two that we'll put our face and our heart and our life in front of. Now, let me remind you what that word blessed means from a couple weeks ago. Blessed. More than happy. You see, usual happiness is circumstantial. Those of you guys that are into football, you watched the, yesterday all the, the draft. Well, if your team got the guy that you really wanted, man, you're happy. If you didn't, you're not really happy this morning. See, it's all about circumstances. Well, being blessed isn't about circumstances. It's an internal joy that, well, it includes happy, but it really means bottom line, I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled, I'm contented. Overall in my life, no matter what's happening, there's this great sense of well-being. Now, we begin with the first of the two Beatitudes we're going to talk about today. Just two. Number one. Look at verse five. Verse five. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, the first thing when you think of the word meek in our country, in our language, things that come to our mind are like weak, wimp, doormat. Well, what do you mean blessed are the doormats? I don't want to be a doormat for Jesus. Well, that's not the original meaning of the word meek. You see, the English language sometimes is very confining. When Jesus sat on the mountain and he said, blessed are the meek. He didn't say, okay, now just a moment. Let me give you the definition of what that word means. He didn't have to because the Greek and even the Hebrew, even Aramaic, would have had very specific meanings. When he said the word meek, automatically they knew what it meant. Well, here we don't. We think of like meek, weak, wimp, doormat. I want to give you two meanings of the original word. The first is a picture word. In the original language, the word meek could be defined by a, a wild stallion who has been broken who has been changed, who has been brought under control. This animal has been trained to obey a command. The animal has, once wild, now changed, has learned to accept being controlled. Now, a perfect picture of this is when we were there on that, in Argentina, on that uh, ranch. There's a gaucho in the first horse. He's riding his horse. Behind him is a, another horse that he has by a rein, and that horse has a bell on it. 
And then look at all the, the white horses. I want you to notice one thing very important as you look at those white horses. Do you see anything in their mouths? There are no bits. There are no bridles. And what I watched was these wild stallions. This was just one group. There was like six groups. And here's what happened when they did this little show for us. On this huge ground, these horses went like this. They just went in all kinds of order, in perfect order. There was another group of black, another one of brown, another one of spotted. And they just went like this, in perfect order, always following the lead horse. Now how? Well, they'd been broken and trained. The picture that you see is a picture of a meek, wild stallion. How did they get like this? See, one of the things we think of when we think of a stallion being broken is that, well, that stallion is now going to be like weak. No, the stallion doesn't lose any of his power. As I watched those horses go, they were incredibly, they were just like they were before. They could run at any speed the lead horse won. They didn't lose any of their power. Now, I'm going to ask you a number of times today, but I want you to just think right now. You see, these horses were very useful. They hadn't lost any of their power, but they weren't directed by a bit and bridle. They had been trained by the leader. As you think of that this morning, that's what Jesus says. Blessed are the, the meek, those who have been broken. So write this definition down this morning. Meekness is not weakness. It is power under control. It is power under control. Now, how did all that happen? How did these wild stallions become Directed in power. How did they become useful? How did they follow the leader? Well, here's how. In this picture, this is one of the stallions being trained. And I want you to just picture yourself today. Forget the, the picture, but put God where the gaucho is. That's God. You and I are the stallions. We're in a training process to become like him. We're in a process to listen and obey Now, later, as we're trained, this is very important you get this. God doesn't want to have to direct us with a bit and a bridle. (laughs) He doesn't want to do that. How is this horse eventually going to be led? One way, by the word of the gaucho. The word. How does God want to lead you and I this morning? By the word. He doesn't want to do my will. No, he just wants to say, "Uh, Mark, I want you to do this. Okay? Now, that doesn't happen automatically. It's a process of training. By the way, it's like life training. You know, I've learned at some point in my life to obey God, but, you know, once in a while, he's got to put that old bit in the mouth. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Anybody got a sore mouth from this last week? Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, why does he do that? For his good and my good. And my good. But which would you rather be this morning? Tell me, which would you rather be? Would you rather be a horse with a bit in it 
Oh, a horse that just simply obeys God with no bit in your mouth. You tell me, which would you rather be? If you've ever put a bit in, that's a no-brainer answer. I'd just rather simply obey God. Now, that means that this really says, blessed is the man who has every instinct, every impulse, every passion under control. Blessed is the man who is God-controlled. Now, the second Greek meaning is different. It, it's not a picture. It's two words, humble and gentle. So when Jesus used that word, he used it as a stallion who had been brought under control. But that word also means simply a person who is humble and gentle. Blessed is the man who has realized his own utter helplessness and has put his whole trust in God. Now, without humility, a person can never really learn and get far in life. If you are going to advance in life in any area of life, you have to be humble. Part of humility says, I have to ask direction. I have to ask for wisdom. I have to ask for help. For instance, Linda and I love to travel. And I love to travel because it just brings common sense back to it. 90%, more than 90% of the world doesn't live like we live. We're spoiled out of our minds. And when you see the rest of the world, it just brings you back to common sense stuff. But when I travel, I do a lot of research first before I walk out the door. I've learned to do that. I've been in more than 40 countries worldwide. Now, I do that because I get on places like Frommers or Forders or whatever, and they have, they have a talk section. And just before I went, a few weeks before I went, I got on, and, and here's what it'll be like from some person in the United States. Just got back from five days in Buenos Aires. And they give the whole story, where they ate, where they stayed, what they did with the taxis, how to do this and that and the other. Now, a wise person does what? Well, they read it. And they listen to it. A proud person says, I don't need that. I can go to Buenos Aires on my own. Now, you don't speak the language. You have no clue where you're going. You're going to be an idiot for five days. Just, and you're going to be a proud idiot. And you're not going to enjoy your time. So I've learned. You know, when you read through those, once in a while, you'll, you know, they'll say this. Ate at a great restaurant last night. It was only $125 a person. It's the number one restaurant in Buenos Aires or whatever. You're like, I'll write her back and say, well, where was the second most important restaurant? You know, not $125 a night. You can be kidding me. So ask yourself this morning. In life, we have to ask directions. I have to ask. I need wisdom. Every day this next week, you will make decisions. Some small, some large. They all apply to life. I need help. So Jesus says, blessed are the meek, those that are humble and gentle. Those that are willing to say, I need God's wisdom in my life. Now, if we're not careful, if we don't admit that we need wisdom, then God warns us what he'll do. Take a look at Psalm here, and it relates back to the first picture of me on the horse. Look what David says in Psalm 32.9. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and a bridle, or they will not come to you. So ask yourself in your life this week, have you been meek? Are you willing to be directed by God? Are you willing to say, God, I willingly submit to your will because I know your will's the best thing for me? Or does God have to say, okay, Balmer, 
open your mouth. And what about my mouth? Whoop. And here I go. Now, that's miserable for me. And it's a waste of time for God. Or can I just say this morning, well, I'm meek. I need you, God. You say, well, I don't like to say that. Well, then open your mouth. It's going to be a miserable life. You say, well, I'm not going to open my mouth. Well, God will let you go without it. And every road you go down, dead end. One day, you'll open your mouth. And all you're going to say is, I'm sorry. You won't need the bed anymore. You just believe his word. See, I need direction. There isn't a person in this room that isn't going to need to make decisions in the next seven days. Every one of us. Well, the direction's there. The wisdom's there. All I have to be is a meek person. Not a doormat. Just a person that's been broken by God. And that simply means that God's plan for me is better than anything I could decide. Even including difficult things. You see, sometimes pastors call me and sometimes I call pastors or whatever. And they'll call me because I've been a pastor a long time and been in ministry forever. As you know, my dad was a, I've been in church since day one. My dad was a pastor, so I've been there forever. Well, they'll ask me questions. And they're going through tough times. And I'll have to call people and ask questions. You see, that's what wisdom is. Getting the mind of God to wise people, through the word of God, through things that are happening. That's what all counseling is. Now, if I'm, if I'm a meek person... And God doesn't have to put the bid in me. What is the promise that will happen in my life? Well, there's the next verse. Verse 8. Look what he promises you and me this morning. God says, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way, the way you should go. I will counsel you and I'll watch over you. That's a tremendous promise this morning. It simply means that the meek person says, your plan for me is good. You don't have to put the bit in my mouth. I'll let you direct me. I'm submitted to your word and to you. And I will just go with what you say. I willingly submit to you. That's the life. That's the blessed life. So the meek person, how do we define it simply? This is the definition you want to write down this morning. The meek person is a humble, disciplined You can't be undisciplined person who is under the control, not a robot, the control of God. I'm under the rule of God. That's what it means to be in the kingdom. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, now you've never been this. Those of you that are brand new Christians this morning, this is all new for you because you're used to doing your own thing. No, you don't do your own thing anymore. You do God's thing. Well, how do I discover God's things? That's why we're here this morning. It's right here in the Word. Now, in the Bible, well, there's two special people that are called meek. The Old Testament is Moses. The New Testament is Jesus. Many of us have been disappointed by circumstantial situations in our lives. In today's study, Pastor Mark addressed this common trait that each of us experiences. Continuing our study of the Beatitudes, Pastor Mark taught us how we can avoid letdowns by putting our hope and trust where we'll never be let down. We learned that by relying on Christ, we have a much better chance of maintaining a positive attitude in life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5 and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the order a message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks, Tracy. The message number from today's broadcast is 3339. And the title of this message is Get Ready to be Blessed. Again, today's message number is 3339. And the title of this message is Get Ready to be Blessed. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will share about the one true source of fulfillment in our lives, a relationship with God. Not only will Pastor Mark teach us how to fill the God-shaped hole in our hearts, but how to live out a life of fellowship with God more successfully. We'll learn that by keeping a healthy spiritual appetite, all other areas of our life will simply fall into place. We've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.